0: What's going on, everybody? This is the Yardbirds Podcast here. What's up, Eric? How's it going?
1: I'm all right. Just doing a whole lot of the same thing I've been doing for a while. Not very much. Uh, Actually, for a change, I am doing something. I'm working on a a presentation I'm giving on Tuesday.
0: You're actually going to have to go in person and do it. No, no,
1: no, no. I just... I, I get to mom. give a, a presentation in like a shirt and tie and boxers. So
0: <laughs> I don't That's... know. Is that better or worse than doing it in person? I feel like I might be pretty nervous doing it, you know, from a computer.
1: It's interesting. It's it's kind of better because it the one I had, I've had one presentation already um, and I'll be doing this is my second one. It's nice in that. The people I'm giving my presentations to are kind of limited on what they can ask me about and how, like, in detail they can go. But it's harder in that, like, I can't give, like, from the dental perspective, I can't give them, like, casts or something to look at. Like, the best I can do is share my screen and point at things with, like, the point. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's hard to, like, really talk about what you want to talk about if you're not in front of people, especially when it's visual, because you can't, like, have something around have models yeah something it's just you know here's my screen
1: from the the point of, I guess the point of view as a student is also they're giving me the benefit of the doubt on a lot of things uh, okay so it feels like if I put in like if I put in the effort it, it's acknowledged that like due to circumstances it could be better and as gotcha. a result like it's I feel like the presentations are more forgiving from like a uh a grades and uh, evaluation perspective, so it's uh i don't know I, I kind of like it i like that uh, I like that we can do it this way um, and I think that following like once this is all over and done with, there'll be a lot of adjustments made in like the education curriculums at large, just in how well we were able to adapt to some of the virtual formats
0: for yeah, certain things. I think a lot of schools on all levels are going to start having a lot more stuff online. I, like I know friends and you know, my mom who, you know, they've been doing, you know, education, whether it's middle school, high school, college online. And a lot of people have really enjoyed it, thought it was a little bit easier, a yeah. lot better than going into school. I don't know if you could ever really get around going to an actual building at all. Like you probably would at some point, but
1: I, I, to a degree, I disagree. Um, It was frustrating for me in in undergrad because those classes are so big for certain classes. I did much better when I just didn't, if the class didn't have attendance, I didn't have to spend an hour of not good paying attention in person. I can learn when I'm in a quiet room with like earbuds in and dead silence and I can learn much quicker and much more efficiently that way. Um, but when I'm in a classroom, there's so many people. There's just like little distractions. It's, I struggle to pay attention and comprehend things at the professor's yeah. pace instead of my own pace. And no, like
0: that, but I think I think like you could do ninety percent of the class online, but there's still a value. Yes, for yes, the yes. First day and tech showing up to a real room. You know, like. I agree. most people do for some classes anyway if they're not really i don't want to say important but you know everybody has gen eds or something they take where you go to the first couple days and you show up for the tests and that's it i think that could be done on a large scale but i don't think we'll ever get to a point where it's doing 100 percent of college from like your computer there's still yeah that's
1: fair yeah
0: building there and having the you know facilities and
1: well, and there's, like, labs and things. Yeah, there is some things you need to see in person. But I sure. think that if you're going to sit down and show a PowerPoint all day, you know, I see no reason why you can't oh, do I that totally and- agree. From home, like.
0: Yeah, I year. remember having, like, classes like organic chemistry. Private yeah. Fancy, you know, but they're still stepping <laughs> up classes and they would just get up there and, you know, either write on a chalkboard or put up a PowerPoint. I'm sitting there like, you could do this over the <laughs> computer like i don't have to be here for this
1: yeah and it can be much more efficient for other people even structuring your day like like for professors even. Oh, yeah like, think of those professors who have like okay well you've got to i've got to give a class from like one to three but the rest of the day i'm working on my research like if you can just post like you know teach the class the night before and then post it up then you can essentially work on your research all day without having to like interrupt it by like oh i've got to go and perform this lesson land, answer questions, like and kind of yeah. put a spike in my, like, in the efficiency of my day.
0: Well, also think of the value of being able to log into a system, see a pre-recorded lecture or whatever it is, and be able to fast forward or pause, rewind as you need to. Yes. You know, like in school, there were so many times where you'd be sitting in a class and sometimes you'd be bored because it was moving so slow. But a lot of times where you'd be lost and you're like, wait a minute, that didn't make sense.
1: Yeah. And as soon as you start it's to funny. derail, forget about it.
0: Yeah. So you can't really ask a ton of questions. And if you do, they might answer it. They might not give you a great answer. So being able to go back and kind of rewind it, I think, helps a lot too.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what, exactly what I mean about like, like how I, learn better online is that like when i can move at my own pace there are some things it's like okay i understand i've learned about x concept like 10 times before i don't need to sit here and like read about it another time and i can you know skip through a section pretty quickly and then the next section i'm like okay this i didn't understand at all so i need to spend some time with this like you can instead of going at the professor's pace where it's like okay well here's this concept and moving along and you're like uh I don't understand the concepts. And so now I'm not going to understand any of the applications. And so the rest of my 45 minutes in this class is going to be a waste of time because I don't know what we're talking about. And I have an incomplete understanding of everything and I can't build my knowledge personally that well.
0: Yep. Totally. Agree. So
1: I mean, that's, that's my two cents on it.
0: No, I agree with you. I agree with you. And, <clears throat> you know, kind of along those same lines, you know, news came out this week about the NFL possibly going to a completely virtual draft and not even having anything done in oh, Las Vegas. I, lo-
1: I hope it's. I hope they just use, like, Yahoo's, like, fantasy football draft format.
0: <laughs> you don't like the actual draft and all the antics and rigmarole that go into it?
1: No, I don't. I don't really care.
0: Oh, see, like, I kind <laughs> of like it. I think it kind of adds to the hype of the event. <laughs> It's something to look forward to. I mean, it's always like kind of halfway between, you know, the Super Bowl and training camp. So it gives you something to really look forward to. Yeah, but I don't really,
1: this is good. This is probably going to sound awful, but I don't really care about like the the stories. It's like I want to, and this is, I'm sure this is like how I feel about it, not how everybody feels about it, but like I just want to see where the players go and why. And that's that's it. Like I don't, well, I don't, I don't really care about like yeah. oh, I don't know. This person's, they spend their whole time at LSU and they've lived in Louisiana for their whole life, and now they're going to the the Saints and like the Saints or you know what I mean. I'm just, I kind of, I, yeah, I, just, I like that
0: because I don't, you know, the draft prospects themselves. I mean, if you really want to read up on them, that stuff's all available online. Yeah, but the you know kind of having a panel there with you know four or five people talking about you know this team needs this there's a few prospects that fit like this and this is why they fit and I think this coach might want to you know lean this way or just kind of giving everybody a little bit of an overview about each team and um, kind of how the prospects relate to yeah. what they would be doing on that team and I think there's a lot of value in that. I personally enjoy that part of it. But I mean, I don't think still you'd ever do be that. able to. Yeah, you'll still be able to like, do you'll that. You'll still get but... the
1: commentary. You just won't have the people walking across the stage and and taking pictures and stuff, which is the part that I could care less for. Like I still, I yeah, still like the discussion
0: that's... about. You don't need that like walking across the stage, but I think it's still going to be just as long because I don't. You know, we think ten minutes is a long time. Fifteen minutes is a long time, but when you're in a war room, taking calls, you know, talking to five or six different teams about trades. You're considering taking this prospect, or that prospect, you got to discuss it. It's really not that long of a time. So I think the, you know, the actual process will probably still be the same length, but somebody brought this up the other day and I wanted to pick your brain on it. Cause I think this would actually be a great idea. What would your thoughts to being like, say they move to this virtual draft and It's all done online. There's not really anything done in person. Maybe they have a live broadcast and a couple different people reporting. But if it's done online, there's no reason they can't stretch this out. Why not make the draft like seven days or a week and make it like the first round is split up in a couple days and then you've got like the second rounds maybe a day or two and then the last few rounds, you know, you're kind of speeding through a little bit. But there's definitely enough to – kind of break those first couple rounds up like they do the first round in one day but it's like four hours i mean why not just make like the first 10 picks
1: yeah i'd be cool if they split the first half of the first round up like the first 10 picks or the first 16 picks or something but past that like the i feel like the vast majority of nfl fans maybe not the vast majority but about half on a normal day don't really care for the second round of the draft anyway like they're not gonna turn it on. Like they're gonna it's gonna be something that's like background, it's gonna be like putting on a baseball game for me, anyways. It's it's like background music to the rest of the day. Nobody's really paying attention to it if it gets put on in the first place. Like after yeah. the first round, nobody cares all that much. And after the second and third round, absolutely like we care. And and just us. Like after round three is over. The people who are still watching the draft are the people who care about the draft.
0: I'd say normally you're right, because on a normal year, nobody really cares after. I think people still care in the second round and even into the third round. But after that, no one really cares, especially for day three. But a year like this year where you've got this coronavirus going on, everybody's, everybody's in quarantine. There isn't a lot of good live content coming out. Yeah, but I don't. Think, I think everybody is going to want to like latch onto something. But, you know, we haven't had any good NFL content to really talk about in a while, especially something that's done live. You know, like we haven't had pre-draft workouts, no visits. But I there, mean, by
1: a lot. but by the end of the third round, anyway, though, there's really not that much to talk about. Like, yeah, I, I I think that. Every year I look forward to watching the draft, and I love watching the second and third round because those are the players that it just seems like people are like, oh my goodness, X player is really falling. Um, yeah, like a second and third round is my favorite day personally. But when you get into day three, everybody's got, even people who are into the draft, like you and I, have like four names we're, we're really interested in. And then after that, it's like, okay, it's like player allocation. There's it's not a whole lot of groundbreaking stuff happening. You oh, like there's there's a quarterback. That's interesting. Oh, Jalen Hurts went in the fifth. Cool. But there's nothing like you're gonna turn that into two days or three days. Like if if the fourth round if the sixth round is one day, what people are not gonna have anything to talk about. They by the sixth round of the draft in general, there's nothing to talk about.
0: You know, unless Yeah. No, you're right about that. But think of (laughs) it. Instead of having like day three, I think usually sucks so much because it's a whole day. I mean, they're fitting four rounds into I think it's like six, five, six hours or something. It's yeah, it's a
1: long day. It's I love it.
0: Like think about it this way: if you had say the fourth round was just one hour, right? You had maybe a half hour of pre-draft coverage, one hour of the actual draft, and then a half hour of post-draft coverage. I think that kind of focuses your attention more because you're only focused for an hour. Or so well, why
1: would you drag that out for another day then? Like, just, just get it over with.
0: Because if you, if you if you need to generate content, that's what I'm saying is like, this is a time where people need content and things to do and watch. And if you just like the third day of the draft normally sucks. So you're kind of lopping that off anyway. So you're really only getting two good days out of the draft. If you can at least stretch it out a few extra days, like you have, you know, top 15 picks, you know, bottom half of the first round, second round, third round, that's four days right there of good content, which is twice as long as what we normally get. And then even the, you know, I'm sure like by day six, seven, you're going to be like, well, well, whatever, who cares? But. Well, state. that's
1: that's exactly what I mean is, like, there's already so much, like, I love the post-draft analysis. Like, for me, anyway, the exciting part isn't seeing the player allocation as much as it is, like, reading up on it on, like, oh, like, mm, Andy Isabella went in, went pretty late in the draft, and he could, uh, he could, he could play a role on this team. And, you know, yes. that analysis, like, the post-draft analysis post-draft news will replace what people like when you're saying why don't we make the draft a bunch of days well you can get that same coverage it'll just be in people watching after the draft there's just gonna be more in-depth draft coverage after the draft is over that's what i'm excited for i think i think if you were to extend the actual draft i just don't think it would do a whole lot of good like they've already drawn it out to three days and how many people tune in on saturday to the draft it's it just gets thrown onto people's TVs, but how many people are paying that much attention? I pay attention because I have a problem, but, uh, like, <laughs> the majority don't care that much. And, like, I, I know I used to... Uh, one of the roommates that I had had in the past was used to be like, are we really gonna... Can I, like, turn on the Xbox? Are we really gonna sit through all this? And it's like, to be fair... I can just follow these updates on my phone. We don't have to have the actual draft on like no like it's it gets to the point where it's like who is really paying attention to this you know mm-hmm. the first for even like if they did not televise days four through seven, even as a big draft fan, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. <laughs> okay. So. But but I I would I I think you could break up the first round quite a bit because there is hype in the first round. People care a lot about the first round and quite a bit about the second and third rounds. Because those are the players they're familiar with. When people read draft news, your average NFL fan does not care past day three. They will I mean like they care as a fan of their team. Like they say, Well, I hope we draft the good players, but they're not sitting there like, oh boy, like there's like 10 targets left on the board here. And, like, five players I still really like. I hope they take one of them. It just doesn't get to be that after the third round.
0: Yeah, no, you're right about that. Because after the third round, really after the second round, you're not really talking about guys that are going to make a huge impact either one or even maybe at all. So I can understand why most people are kind of like, yeah, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But... A lot of fans
1: don't even know the names after, like, the first ten picks anyway. They're like, oh, I know the four quarterbacks. But,
0: like, well, unless you're
1: reading articles yeah, on true, it. true, but
0: I also think people are tuning in, though, just to see what their team's doing. Like, they may not know who the prospects are, but I think the average fan is really tuned to hear what the draft mix and all the analysts say about what their team is doing. how they're That's true. The draft, you know what I mean? Like, they may not actually know who these players are, but they're trying to turn it on because ultimately, at the end of the day, it's entertainment. Right? It's an entertainment sport. That's all – people are really looking to get out of it. So whether or not they've done the research like we have or not, I think people are just really looking for entertainment in some way. And if it's related to their team, what
1: what I'm saying though is once those draft picks are done, they can, they can sit down and get that analysis instead of like drudging through the process of it. Like you finish the, if you finish the draft earlier, you can turn on NFL network or ESPN that much earlier to find out what they think about the teams because we have all this time.
0: All right, let's move on then to, there's been some speculation I've heard from different reporters and um, different analysts that have said this draft process is kind of tainted, right? Like they're saying, because you don't have the pre-draft visits, you don't have some of the uh, workouts. There's a couple other things that haven't been uh, available that, the draft process is going to be either tainted – maybe that's not a great word, but it's going to be different than a normal year. Do yeah. you think this, the way that the draft has been handled this year has, is going to um, either negatively impact or possibly even positively impact the draft process for each team?
1: I think, I think this is like – unless you are one of the senior bowl teams, like one of the teams to coach the senior bowl, I think it's a push. Like, I think that it's not going to really, like, I, I don't think there's any particular teams outside of, like, the Bengals. They're there coaching the Senior Bowl players. Like, that makes a big difference because they are some of the people who get the only interaction, but they're also pigeonholed into the Senior Bowl guys. It's like, well, well they get more time and exposure to certain players as opposed to other teams, but that's what they would get any other given year. So, I don't really think it benefits any particular teams or teams in general, it's just going to be a different process. Not necessarily a better or a worse. I mean, I think it's a worse process. I think, you know, it's going to stink for players who have questionable medicals who are going to get pushed down the draft board, but other teams may see that as an opportunity. You're going to have, you're going to get to take a swing at players who, who may not be available in a normal draft in later rounds are going to get pushed down because teams just they have a big question mark over their medicals and they say you know what let's let's roll the dice on this player with a injury ridiculed that's not injury riddled what am i saying Injury
0: uh, ridiculed he's
1: ridiculed <laughs> ridiculed yeah if they have an injury ridiculed ca- career like they get a take a take a crack at those guys a little earlier but i think yeah. it, or i mean <clears throat> a little later i
0: mean I don't think it makes a big difference. I think a lot of it is overblown because most of your draft work should be done based on film, and all the film is already done. Every every player has at least three years of film to go off of, so there's no excuse for not knowing their game. Maybe there's a bit of the personality factor that you don't understand because that is a big part for how each player fits into every team, going to the combine, doing the interviews, having them in your building meeting everybody kind of running them through their workouts. I think there is value in that, but it, <clears throat> when it comes to actually taking a player, that's either going to fit in a team as a football player, it's all about the film and how they perform a little bit, a little yeah, bit I think, at the combine, because I if they've some... got the film and the measurables, I think the personality stuff is like, that matters like 5% out of the, out of the whole package.
1: I I don't think teams
0: are really missing a whole lot uh, just by missing this part of the process.
1: Some teams look at that a little more than others too, I think. But eh, at the same time, like they don't have the in-depth, you know, they haven't known all of these players from birth. I think that there are some, it's going to be harder for, or easier for some teams to put players on like a do not draft list. Like I think that there's a lot of players where they say, Look, if we have the option to draft this guy, there's probably something wrong with him anyway. So we're just going to avoid it in general. Like, I think there are certain players that don't go on that on that list for teams now. And the other thing you forget about is how much like the rumor mill gets circulating when people are in the building every day. And there's there's people will talk. Now it's just all business. There's no fun draft leaks Like this time last year, people were like, oh, Josh Rosen or Kyler Murray. There's like fun. Like, do you think Gettleman will stick where he's at or if he's going to move around or like he's he's a wild card in the draft this year? There's none of it right now. It's just like, yep, we're another day closer to the draft and uh, we're excited for the draft to be here one day.
0: Do you I miss think... that part of it? Do you miss the rumor mill and all the nonsense I love... that gets thrown around?
1: I love lying season.
0: Yeah, this Me is too. It's one of my I... favorite parts of the off season. <laughs> Got that build up to the draft because there's always it's meaningless so much speculation. But it's fun. Yeah, there's always so much speculation about what teams are going to do, where guys are going to go, and we hear all about. Well, you know, the Cardinals are really thinking about taking Kyler Murray, and everyone's like. They can't do that. They just drafted Rosen the year before. He played well at times. They can't. They can't do that to the kid. And yeah, I of- love all
1: the all the theory crafting.
0: Yeah, the theory of it is awesome. I agree. Like that part of it, I miss because you're just not going to get it because reporters can't be out there interacting with teams like they normally would. I mean, there's still yeah goops. Like there's still stuff coming out in little dribs and drabs, but it's not the same.
1: Uh, it's nothing compared to what it would normally be. because all all the interaction you get is just over meetings on the internet instead of like somebody going into the other room being like oh i think they really like this guy.
0: Oh absolutely you, know, you get
1: none of it. Right you don't get so, any of that
0: and that just means you're not getting all the speculation you're got, you're not getting all of the guesswork that normally goes into it. This off season has really quiet, right? There's not really a direction being given for any team, any player. We're not hearing This guy is shooting up boards. This guy's falling down boards. This team's thinking about trading. We're not really seeing a lot of it. So what do you think is going to happen on draft day? Do you think there's a team out there that's ripe to make a stir? Or do you think there's somebody uh, working for an organization that's kind of pulling some levers behind the scene? Like, you know, we're not really getting a lot of reports, but who would that team be?
1: I'm shocked we're not hearing more about the top five picks. Like, I think... Of the, Like, the draft at large, sure, there's, like, some teams who could move up. But there's there's an argument both ways for a lot of teams outside of the top five. Like, oh, this team could move down. This team could move up. Sure, great, exciting, whatever. Who cares? The first – I mean, like, obviously everybody cares. But the first couple picks to me are the ones that usually have all this, like, Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen hype of last year. But right now, look, the Lions are in a spot where – They have so many options available to them at three that I think they could easily move down, but nobody's talking about it right now. The Redskins have Haskins, but they could draft Tua or or Burrow if that situation would arise, and nobody's talking about it right now. It blows me away that teams aren't talking about Miami potentially moving up just to block out other teams to get Tua or other teams making a big jump ahead of Miami. Like it, there's just, there's so many cool possibilities that just aren't being discussed. I think as much as they w- normally would be right now.
0: And one of the, in big, the top five, I agree with you because one of the big ones is always quarterbacks. A couple of years yeah, ago, four of them. remember 2018, right? We had four or five quarterbacks that everyone thought would be the first round guys, right? You had, Lamar Jackson, yep. you had Rosen, you had Darnold, Baker, Arnold, and you Josh had Allen. Allen, right? Those were like the five guys. and Everyone was yeah. always curious. What order would they go in? everyone thought going into the draft, you know, like into the draft process after the season was over, everyone said it was either going to be Darnold or Rosen. And people said yep. maybe Allen will slip in there. Baker was the clear number four. And then you had, Lamar Jackson was Lamar number Jackson five, was, right? And it wasn't until the yep. draft process started to unfold and we started to see workouts and visitations and the combine, and we started to hear, well, Cleveland's really liking Baker, right? He's really liking Baker. And uh, But that
1: didn't come until like two days before the draft, I feel Oh, but like, there were, there were stirrings, like right? Everyone Baker, said, perhaps. ah,
0: like, you know, kind of yep. like Baker, and everyone said, It's nonsense, it's nonsense, it's not going to happen. But you're right. Like A couple days before the draft, it started to get really strong that people were like, oh, Baker Mayfield might be the guy. And I had friends from Cleveland texting me like, this is not happening, no way, this is not happening. Yeah, it's
1: crazy, it's fun. And then
0: think about it, draft day comes, and we legitimately did not know who was going to be taken. Because normally you kind of know, Right. You normally have like an inclination. It's going to be Rosen or it's going to be Darnold. We always thought it was going to be Darnold, but then draft day came and we, we did not know whether it was going to be Darnold or Baker. They hit it well. They picked Baker, debatable choice, but it was still like the fun of that, not knowing who. Yeah. Beat. And this year, I truly think we could be getting that with Tua and Burrow because it's the same kind of situation where. Everyone just assumes it's going to be Burrow because of the season. But the more you go back and look at the film, I really think Tua is a better prospect. I think teams will as well. And I think there's a good chance that Burrow goes number one. I'm sorry, Tua goes number one. And then it's all about where does um, Joe Burrow go? And it's gonna-
1: yeah, or I mean, like, I, I will agree to disagree. I think Burrow is the, I mean, in my opinion, he's the clear-cut number one. But I, I do agree that it could be like I would see if someone, like, if you say two is your number one. I could see that with many teams being the case. And if he's your number one, even if Burrow goes first, like, how many teams are going to move up and spend what they have to to go get their court, their guy yeah. at quarterback? Like, if you're it will blow me away if two, Oh, go, two goes number five overall to the Dolphins. I think he's gone by them. Even if it's to the Dolphins, I don't think he just is going to sit there until five.
0: I don't know. It depends though, right? Because the top four teams aren't picking Tua unless it's the Bengals, right? Say if the Bengals go Burrow, then the top four teams are not taking a quarterback. So then you've got number five. So the only reason Tua last till number five is if nobody trades up, which I think that's a possibility. You know, like you look at a team like LA, Carolina. Yeah. I mean, Jacksonville, you know, they're all in flux with potentially, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, what well what's Jacksonville gonna do now? They're they're done, right? I mean, you got Gardner Minshew, so they're taking somebody. You're not just going into the season with Minshew, so
1: No, I think they go on with Minshew. I mean that's only Minshew. I think they see what I think they see what they have with them this year. Oh. Yeah, like I think this is a this is a great opportunity. I think it that would sucks, be
0: a huge then... mistake because this is a good quarterback class and to for forego a prospect like one of these guys just to see what you got in Minshew, I think that's a massive mistake.
1: Yeah, but I think they have they're a franchise that is so not in Super Bowl contending contention right now that they have the opportunity to go another year and say, look, this is the quarterback we have because if it is Minshew and they spend significant draft capital on another guy yeah like you're you're wasting your resources and if it's not Minshew and you give them a full season to find out hey it's not Minshew it's only one year like I think this is a great opportunity for Jacksonville to to see what they have and the draft is so stocked to other positions especially picking at number 10 I think Jacksonville's in a great spot to sit where they are but yeah there's so many other teams like LA like, if I were the Dolphins, I'd be scared as hell of L.A. If I were the Lions or the Giants right now, or even the Redskins, although I think the Redskins at number two have massive value, I think no at number three and four in the draft, like, you are drawing up all of the L.A. and Carolina rumor mills as you can. You're sitting there, like, you should be sitting in there and going, L.A. really likes Tua, even if, like, it's lying season. The whole point is people push this stuff out there so that they can drum up interest in maybe the Dolphins moving up one spot to the Giants at four mm-hmm. to secure their guy, and the Giants still get the same draft pick no matter what. Like, it's, I, you'd be dumb not to try to drum up that kind of interest.
0: No doubt. All right, man, we're up against it. So, any yep. final thoughts yeah. before we wrap it up and head on out for the no, night?
1: No, I think we should talk again later this week, but I've got some projects. Absolutely. Work to do. And uh, thank you for. For throwing on the the skids here, because I could, I said a half hour, but I could talk about this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I know how it much longer, and and I need once to. Once you get
0: start, <laughs> once you start down that rabbit hole, sometimes it's endless. So, all right, man,
1: I could talk. Forever. We'll talk later all this right. week,
0: then. You have, a good all one. right, guys. We'll see everybody. Peace. Thanks again, guys, for hanging out with us today. Again, this has been the Yardbirds podcast. Peace.